Our scripture reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Dear Lord, we thank you for the chance to gather today and be encouraged by your word. I pray that you would give Alan um, just the words that you have intended for this hour, um, that he would speak through your spirit and by your will. pray that we would be encouraged through this passage, through the songs that we sang, that we would remember that our hope and our victory is ultimately in you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Well, good morning. For those of you who still might wonder, who's this older couple that shows up at church the last year and a half? We don't know them from before. We, uh, we moved here from North Dakota. I'm a retired pastor from our conference. I've uh, been at five, whoa, five of our conference churches and, and four more as an interim. So, but every place is new and different. Uh, and uh, it takes a little bit of getting used to. But good to be with you this morning and to be able to have a chance to uh, share with you from God's Word. When I was, being, uh, was thinking about this passage and sharing the thoughts from it, and then put together what I found out that Pastor Mark was preaching about last week, I thought, well, I'm, am I interfering here or something? It didn't seem to... But yes, it's going, to, it's going to fit together in between the two pieces about what David did and then what God is going to continue to do through David. Um, mother came into the kitchen, and there's a three-year-old on a chair with a cookie in her hand. Hmm, what's that about? Well, I, uh, I just climbed up to smell them and my tooth got caught. <laughs> that sounds like maybe you know what she's talking about. <laughs> that we get into situations like that that don't necessarily fit with what we want them to be. Are you bothered by temptation? I hope so. See, if you're not bothered by temptation, there's a couple of things that could be going on. One is that 
you always give in. And so it doesn't bother you. You just do the wrong. That's not good. The other possibility of not being bothered by temptation is that you've got it all fixed and nothing goes wrong. That's not true. So I hope you are bothered by temptation. Have you ever been tempted? More like how many times a day have you ever given in to temptation? Well, like the last 10 minutes, maybe? Do I even need to ask? The scripture passage that we read, and I'm going to focus on the last verse that Naomi read, but the scripture passage uh, gives us some warnings and some uh, realizations about the realities of temptation, where it leads and, and uh, where it can go. Um, Paul's reminding the Corinthians that uh, the, the, the children of Israel in the wilderness days, they all had the same experience of God's care and leading and provision. He describes them as uh, they all uh, were under the cloud, they all passed through the sea, baptized into Moses, they ate of the same spiritual food, drank of the same spiritual drink, which was the rock was Christ. Uh, they all had these privileges. They all had this, this blessing from God. They were called together to be God's people. But most of them, or at least many, many of them, uh, failed. They, they resisted uh, God here and there and every once in a while. And, and of those that left Egypt and ended up going into the Promised Land 40 years later, uh, except for Moses and uh, except for... Uh, for Caleb and Joshua, uh, everybody over 20 died in the wilderness and never got to the promised land. And so the privileges by themselves were not the guarantee of getting to where God wanted them to go. And he gives some examples of what they did. He talked about being idolaters. He talked about them committing sexual immorality. He talked about them testing Christ and grumbling. And each of those had results. Each of those led to, to disastrous things for the people. And they are, he says, written for our examples, but also for our warnings. To realize that temptations are real. That they, they come at us at our points of weakness. They come at us at our times of when we're not expecting them. And we're re, we can remember in the series that Pastor Mark is leading us through that, that David was faced with temptation that's to come to it as well. And there was uh, the results for him. And so he says, um, verse 12, don't have confidence in yourself. If you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Uh, maybe you've found this in, in your own life and some things that you think, oh yeah, things, things are going pretty well. Now I'm going I'm to do just fine. And about that time, you stumble and, and fall off the path somewhere. Uh, kind of the most dangerous time when walking along the edge of the cliff is when you think, ah, I got this. And then all of a sudden, it's got you. Uh, so he's saying, if, if you, you know, don't have confidence in yourself, you don't have this on your own. And then he comes to the verse that we want to focus on, verse 13. So, no temptation has overtaken you, except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. 
he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. As, as, I, as we read this passage, it almost seems as though that last verse is an afterthought. He's been talking about the, the people of the wilderness journeys who, who were blessed by God but didn't uh, follow through faithfully. They, they sailed, failed and sinned in all these various different ways and there was judgment and, and things went wrong for them in the desert and most of them didn't even get to the promised land. And these are warnings for us. But by the way, but it's not really an afterthought. He, he's wanting us to catch something at the end of this that's important for us to remember. Remember, temptation is real. Remember, we are vulnerable. We, we're not people out there strong in ourselves. We are not people out there who, who aren't affected by the temptations around us. And he wants us to remember, as the Old Testament people, the examples remind us, that falling in temptation is serious. You know, it's not... Yeah, yeah, temptation comes, I fall, but this, you know, there's always a bad, bad thing that goes with that. When we, when, we, when we look at the temptations that come into our lives and we think about what it is that, that, that happens to us, sin is always serious. It's never okay. It's an, always an insult to God. It's always against His holy character. But he says, in all of this, with you facing this, with these realizations, here's something I want you to know. Here's some encouragement to, to get you out of the dark side of what we've been talking about. And so he gives us these uh, important words that are helpful words encouraging us about the times when we are in temptation. And the verse breaks itself into three very convenient sections. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So he wants us to remember, first of all, in this whole business of, inter of, uh, of uh, temptation, we are not alone. Now, you may feel sometimes, and maybe this is particularly true for, us, for those who are younger, we may feel sometimes as though this is awful. Am I the only one who's facing this? It, it feels like nobody else is going through what I'm going through. Why, why am I being tempted this way? And he says, no, you're not. It's not. That's not the way it is. What you are experiencing is a common experience for, uh, among all the people. Remember this, the wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new and different. Everyone is tempted. And maybe this is a good time to kind of step to the side and remind ourselves that temptation is not sin. Don't accuse yourself of doing something wrong because you're tempted. That's, that's part of what's going on in our life and our walk with Christ. So temptation itself is, is not the error. But the words tell us that other people are going through the same kinds of temptations. In fact, the writer to the Hebrews says 
that Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. So don't get this feeling that somehow you are in a unique position and nobody else is having the struggles and the difficulties that you are. Because they are too. You may not be seeing in each other, in others, but they are going through the same kinds of things. We are not unique. So, don't be surprised that you are tempted. It's going to come. Don't wallow around in self-pity when you're being tempted. You know, this isn't the time to sort of, oh, things are so tough. I've never been in this much trouble before. I, I just feel like I have to give up. No. You're in it with the others, and he's going to give you more words here to, to lift you out of that. And don't use the fact that you're in temptation as an excuse to do what you basically want to do anyhow. Your temptations are not unique. They are common to the people around you. As we already mentioned, the, the writer to the Hebrews reminds us that Jesus was tempted in every way just as we are. The kinds of things that you are tempted to do, Jesus faced those temptations. We have that recorded in, in Matthew where he's gone to the where he's taken to the wilderness and for 40 days and 40 nights he's going without food and Satan comes to him and he tempts him. And these are serious uh, temptations for, for the Savior. And the, the kinds of temptations that you face, Jesus has faced. The kinds of temptations that you are facing, other people are facing them as well. So, as difficult as our own situation may be, we are not alone. Others have and are facing the same sorts of temptations. Secondly, he tells us, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You've heard this saying that God will not give me more than I can, more than I can carry. This is really where it, it's focused. It's not just about all the troubles around us. It's reminding us that the temptations we face are not going to be more than we can bear. Now, this phrase is inter introduced by this, this sentence, or this, uh, these words. God is faithful. Here, here's the root of, of how things are, can be different, how things can be victorious, how we can get through these times of temptation. The foundation here is this encouragement, God is faithful. It's a promise. We have God's word on it. The character of God is behind the way we can get through temptation and come through victorious for him and in his name. Matthew Henry, who has written commentaries on scripture, explains it this way. Either our trials will be proportioned to our strength or strength will be supplied in proportion to our temptation. Think on that a little bit. See if that comes on through. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you can, beyond what you can bear. So, he will either give you 
enough strength for what you're facing or he will keep you from facing anything that goes beyond your strength. Now that should be an encouragement to us, should it not? That should give us some hope as we look at the, at the assault that Satan makes on us every day over and over. So, based on the promise that God is faithful, he says that because God is in control, we will not be tempted beyond what we can bear. Sometimes we feel the pressure of temptation is far beyond what we can stand and think that we can't, we can't manage anymore. I read about uh, submarines and the fact, you know, they go down below the water and stay there for a long time sometimes. But uh, there was one several years ago named the Thresher. Submarines have a, a depth limit. They go down so far. If they go beyond that, the pressure of the water, you know, the pressure of the ocean gets stronger and stronger the lower you go. If the submarine goes below the depth limit, the pressure is too great. The thresher did that. And when they found the wreckage afterwards, it was those, as though this, this hard steel bulwark had been plastic. Just pieces that were left. But they also find out that at that same depth in the ocean, there are fish. Now, how can they live under that pressure when a strongly built submarine can't? Well, they have the ability or the, the characteristic that the pressure inside of them is equal to the pressure outside of them. Now, a submarine, you wouldn't want to put that much pressure in there or the people wouldn't know how to act inside. But the idea is that, that God puts us in the place where he supplies the strength inside just as strong or stronger than the pressure from the outside. He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able. So temptation is not irresistible. We need to get hold of this. God has set it up in the way he cares for us. His faithfulness, his strength, his ability to, to or, uh, regulate what faces us. That there is no temptation that I must give in to. Are you getting that? There is no temptation that cannot be met. God does not set it up so that we must fail. Are we getting that? Is that, is that kind of becoming a little bit of a light in there that something we need to grab a hold of and get out? So don't make excuses. Don't say, oh, this is more than I can bear and then I'm going to give up. And sort of as a side deal, don't console yourself with the fact, well, forgiveness is available, so it doesn't really matter all that much if I fail. There, there's two sides to this. Sin is always wrong. 
is always against God. Yes, it is true that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But that does not justify failing. And we've got to be careful not to sort of use that as an excuse and console ourselves. Well, this is so strong, I don't think I can stand up against it. But, but I know I can be forgiven. That itself is a problem, if we look at it that way. So, you're not alone. God is in control. But we need the third part of this so that it all comes together. When you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can do, endure it. Along with the promise about God making sure that the temptation is not beyond us, there's this. He provides a door, an escape, a way out. That's why it's not necessary or irresistible that we will fail. Because God has already arranged there's a way to get through this. Now that might take a number of forms. One of the ways that God might provide for you to avoid a temptation or to not fall into temptation is to run away. To get out of there. To get away from that place of temptation. See, back to David, when he started having these temp this temptation with Bathsheba, he could have gone off the roof, back down into the house, get out of that situation. What did uh, Joseph do in Egypt when he was being uh, tempted by uh, the, the mistress of the house? He left. He went somewhere else. Sometimes the way out is to get out of, the way, out of there altogether, to run away. Sometimes the way, to, the way out is to uh, not go there. Sometimes we are, sometimes we make our own problem by allowing ourselves or even putting ourselves in the place where we know temptation is going to be. Now it makes more sense. If we know that that's where we're going to be tempted, don't go there. like the fellow, or not like the fellow, who had come to the conclusion he was eating too many donuts, that he was stopping at the bakery on his way to work just too often, and, and he was going to have to change his habits, or this was not going to end up well for his health. So he, he was doing pretty well. He was kind of taking a different route, and he was, he was staying away from the bakery, and he was doing real well. Well, one morning on the way to work, the, the, the desire just kind of got a little bit stronger and he, he kept, he went back on the old, the old route knowing he was going to pass the bakery. But, but he says, if there is a, if there's a parking place in front of the bakery, then that'll be a sign that it's okay to have a donut today. <laughs> well, you know, there was a parking place in front of the bakery the fifth time around the block. Sometimes the way out is don't go there. If you know that a certain kind of situation increases your temptation, increases the pressure, and it's, a, it's an option of whether you go there or not, don't go. 
sometimes, sometimes the way out is bearing the temptation in the strength of our Christ and letting him help us to be strong enough to say no. Those are maybe the most difficult times. But the power of Christ, who is stronger than the one who tempts us, who has already saved us and brought us out of the life of sin, he has won victory over sin and over Satan. He lives in us. He is with us. He cares about us. And in the middle of the temptation where there's nothing to do but, but face it and bear it and rely on our Savior, he is strong enough. He is strong enough to bring us through. We can't do it on our own strength. We're not smart enough to do it ourselves. He provides the way out. It doesn't say, and when you're being tempted, try your best to find a way out. It doesn't say that. But when you are tempted, and notice he doesn't say if, when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. And as you're waiting for that way out, remember the word that says God is faithful. He won't take you beyond what you can bear. Our part is to take that way out that he gives us, trusting him, knowing that his way is best, not trying to rely on our own strength, but to rely on his that he gives us day by day. This is one of the verses that if you ask me my favorite Bible verse, this would have to be in the list somewhere. It's a good verse to kind of learn, to memorize, at least to get the main thoughts uh, settled into your heart and into your mind. So hear it again. When you face, not if you face temptation, but when you face temptation, here is God's word of encouragement to you. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Father, thank you. Thank you for these words of assurance and encouragement that take us out of our own resources and bring us to what you want to do in our lives. So when we are facing temptation again today, tomorrow, throughout this week, give us the heart, give us the mind that truly desires to live in victory in obedience to you, but trust you to make victory possible. For your glory and in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.